0: In this Nation podcast, for the first three minutes, we get things moving by speaking about getting Nation off the ground and Bryn's wedding, and then we move on to really the the why behind we started Nation, what we stand for, and how we think we're going to be able to realize these goals. That goes on for about 15. Then we go way, way back, and uh, it's a bit of a confessional. We share our backstories from kids to pretty much to today. It goes deep and warning, we may meander off the track a few times. But what's and all, it's worth the listen and helps you understand what makes the man. It's about 55 minutes or so on the couch and buckle up. Then we flow into how Brittany and I got connected, the forming of this pod, podcast, and just kind of help you piece that together. That's about six minutes. And then we wrap this up on what you can expect from us in the coming months in terms of content and engagement from our business. And that's for the last eight minutes or so. Hope you enjoy. Hey, Bryn. What a crazy start of the year so far, right? Oh,
1: yes. It's been a pretty busy
0: time, isn't it? Think about it, right? We, we only had this conversation uh, just after Christmas, right? That, yeah. You know, we've got an idea around you know, putting together of Nation, this idea of bringing uh, our knowledge and our experience mm. to the people that want to listen. And what within nine days we've set up a company we've got branding we've, yeah. you know we've we've decorated we've got t-shirts
1: we've got ideas for content yeah. we've put a website together we're insane, obviously right? we're obviously impatient <laughs> I think we're quite impatient because we want to crack on with it but we want to also do a good job so I think we've um, kind of hit the nail on the head and. and got a good message and values together that we want to sort of put in place. And I think especially you've been doing a lot of the plumbing in the background, which has been fantastic. So
0: Crazy. Holding down two, two jobs. Yeah. Aim for the faint hearted, then no. I? I wouldn't recommend <laughs> it. But we're going to get it soon, man. Yeah. Um, okay. So busy, busy uh, last week or so as we get all this put together, uh, this podcast number two. Um I realise, though, we've been we've been hammering it that we haven't really stopped
1: to talk about anything else. Yeah. What's going on with you, man? What's what's going on? With, how's the wedding going? Well, yeah, I mean, that's been taking up a lot of our time recently. Um, but to be honest, we've done a lot of the sort of the the big things like booking the venue, um, making sure... I mean, the, the hardest bit is getting a date because you want to make sure that you total the dates together. So you've got all your loved ones there the church is available, where you have your reception, we'll make sure that's available, all on the same day. Because you don't want one of your uh, important uh, loved ones not to be there on that date. So, How How much are
0: you actually doing versus Lisa, though?
1: Um, I mean Lisa's got a big list I mean let's be fair she's an event organiser so she, she's got it on lock so she's got a big list on her computer so list yeah exactly I just do as I'm told <laughs> but I um, yeah, I obviously went with her to check out the um, or where we're going to have the reception we've got a TP on a lake and it's going nice. to be absolutely fantastic um, and also the other day we had to go round the priest's house and that was an experience because um, we had to sit in his lounge and Say our prayers and whatnot, and he had to <laughs> kind of judge um, how we are together by our values. So he gave us two bits of paper and okay. said, Mark down uh, between one to five, one being the most important. Mark down these values. And he wanted to make sure that we matched up. And uh, can't say we didn't cheat when he walked out of the room. So, <laughs> but I just hope he's not listening to this, right? No, no. <laughs> I'm sure he won't be <laughs> yeah or you never know well you never know. It might exactly It might be an avid fan so <laughs> so the wedding is in may yeah at okay. the end of may on the bank holiday weekend and, and you, re- you realize
0: you've got to be podcasting on your honeymoon right
1: yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah Lisa, well shouldn't know about that yeah i'm sure she'll be fine it's not on our list let's just say that
0: <laughs> or um or listen man it's going to be fun um interesting year we we got, we got we're getting together tonight because we wanted to get get this off off the ground and share mm. with with those listening really a little bit about what adaptation is going to be about yeah um, so why don't why do we kick off why do not we do that um, so as I say 2018 is is going to be a year where you Bruin, and myself Steve Katazi um, are going to be putting really the, the investment in it's going to be yeah. the blood sweat and tears year Definitely. right it's yeah. uh, content 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 engagement via all the platforms Um, and just putting ourselves out there, right? Mm, Definitely. Um,
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be a busy time, but, uh, you know, our main focus is going to be getting that value. So we're just going to have to put the work in, put the hours in, um, make sure our content's great, make sure we engage with all the listeners and I think it'll be a good year. There's
0: no such thing as a quick buck, right? There's a lot of people engaging um, in these types of things because it's so so easy to get off the ground. But, you know... Well, the the question is the why behind what they're doing, the value that those that mm, these people are bringing. And yeah, is it sustainable? And yeah. can you know let's be clear, can it be monetized to make it more than just a leisurely pursuit? And that I think is is probably worth us kind of talking through the why behind adaptation Nation.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Let me let me kick this off. I mean, you tell you tell me if if I'm kind of missing anything here, but you know. In my mind, the reason why we've set, set up Adapt Nation, which really is is a space, a hub uh, that will be engaging in health related, strength related, and uh, you know, kind of nutrition and mindset related stuff. Um, and I think the reason that we need to get going on this is that there's just a lot of dishonesty, yeah, in the fitness space. Definitely, there's lots of narcissism. There's yeah. lots of ego. <clears throat> and I think there's, a, there's an increasing level of dogma.
1: Definitely. The problem, I think, the problem is, is that to to market yourself and get into the industry um, is the barrier to entry is so low, isn't it? I mean, you can get yourself on social media, you can build up a following as long as you're consistent. Um, and usually, someone's got a good body. They just post up their meals, post up how they look, um, and I, they tend to obviously build up a following through being consistent and hard work. However, they don't tend to have the right message or they don't necessarily seem to want to do the right thing in in the way of, of helping others, it's more to sort of help them. And we can see this quite a lot in the industry. So I think that we we want to come from a place of honesty, transparency.
0: Think, think about
1: all the supplement industries,
0: right? Yeah. Think about all, all the hard selling that we're exposed to, whether it be on the internet or whether it be via other advertising, you know, we're constantly getting sold on mm you know diet plans yeah on you know supplements on fad workout regimes and that's what i mean by dogma i think you know not only are all these fads being pushed but some of them are reaching critical mass where people being uh, are identifying and associating with a diet you know yeah. I'm, I'm paleo or yeah. uh, i'm i'm a keto
1: guy turns or into I'm a, a cosfit guy
0: Mm. I think we got breakthrough on
1: that a little bit. Yeah, and I think I think it's really hard as well because obviously myself being a personal trainer I, I find it hard when clients come in and they may be conditioned to a certain way of eating and be part of a cult. Um, and obviously I want to move away from that and my hardest uh, I'd say the hardest part of my job is actually convincing someone not to follow a certain cult or think that they can get in shape in 12 weeks and sustain that. I mean you can but you've got to build habits and it takes a long time to actually get in physically good shape and eat well you've got to change absolutely everything in your life one step at a time so and i can i can imagine it must be hard right when yeah. someone
0: associates um results or the idea of results with mm. doing x and then you tell them that you don't have to do that thing all mm. of the time or or you can be more flexible if they've seen results, I guess they're going to struggle to want to change, yeah. or if they've seen results through others, or they've been sold through maybe lies, right? I think that I think that's the thing um, that people struggle with because there's a lot of naivety, there's a lot of misinformation, mm. and again, it's one of our values is getting that honesty and realness Definitely. around what what people can do, and um, you know the pros and cons of pretty much anything that's out there. Everything has merit, yeah, but understand.
1: The merit understand the consequence and understand you don't have to be as rigid exactly as you've been led to believe well I always the thing I always say as well is it's not how much we know it's how much the listeners know how much our clients know because at the end of the day that's what they're paying for you pay for service if, if they're my clients'll pay me to learn from me not for me just to stand there, count reps and just put in for a hard workout but do the they think
0: they want to learn or do they think they want you to beat them into a pulp because they've got yes. this one session that they got
1: sweat. Well, that's the thing. I have to change their mindset when they come in, and obviously change the expectation because the expectation is to come in and just train really hard and think that that's going to fix everything. But it's actually going well. Hang on a minute. If I if I give you the tools to go out and actually sort of mend your diet and you know work on your stress levels and things like that, I think. More people need to understand that there needs to be more honesty because I think a lot of people feel that they just need to train or just need to do this. And then, like you said, there's a lot of cults and stuff like this. I just don't think there's enough truth out there and people understanding what's actually real and what's not when in terms of getting results. I think we're on the
0: same page, right? Now. It's
1: yeah. good we are. Yes. Right? <laughs> let say so. Yeah. Um,
0: I also think there's this um, this growing or this collision between. Uh, this blossoming wellness space, and let's face it, we, we're not the first guys. you know We're not the first guys on the block here. There are no. many others, mostly over in uh, in America, that have been, you know, finding a platform to have this honest debate with their with their consumers, with their listeners, and it's great. I think we're missing that over here in the UK. There's not much voice. Uh, there's many people that know a lot, but. Um, not necessarily a bunch of people that have a platform or willingness to put themselves out there in a in a vulnerable and an exposed way. Yeah. And I also think there's this collision between wellness and really that motivation space. You know, whether it be the likes of Anthony Robbins or other kind of life coaches and self-development mm. experts. I think there's a quick realization that it's not even it's not one or the other. You don't deal with one piece at a time. The reality is you get your head screwed on mm. And you're gonna, you're going to feel more compelled to work out and look after your body vice versa you get your shit together around your nutrition and your sleep and your health you're going to be more you 're going to be more structured more disciplined and more likely to then um, like a pebble effect start affecting other areas of your yeah. life and I
1: believe these two areas are closely linked and they 're both passions of ours so yes. I hope that we can put some of that out there. definitely and I also feel that You need to be inspired and motivated in order to get started, and then having the tools via education is how you keep going. So, motivation gets you going, and then habits on days when you're not so motivated keep you going thereon, and also having the education to know exactly what you need to do. So I think these two kind of meet really well, where you've got motivation, and hopefully we can inspire a lot of people. Um, to kind of get started if if they're not already on their journey if they are on their journey then I'm hoping that we can obviously give them some you know knowledge bombs or you know give them some tips and things like that for them to obviously take home and and use and and apply to their life I agree we're we're not going to be revelationary for everyone no Uh, for some we may yeah and for
0: others we may just add incremental value and I think that's good too right definitely um, I also think you, know, as I've said before, the social media platforms, you know Instagram, 800 million um, followers on Instagram. It's incredible. Look at YouTube, an explosion of YouTube. Look at podcasts and what we're doing today. There's, there's rich experiences to connect with, with people and do that freely without the red tape or the governance or the, the um, broadcasting restrictions. You get out there, you start putting your message out there. That's why I think the time is now really to engage and do the things we've been wanting to do yeah. but haven't had perhaps the right mechanisms to do it. And then, you know, bring this, stitching this all together then, you know, we've spoken about some of the things that we think are even missing. I think there is a greater need for honesty. Definitely. Real honesty, which is not, hey, I know what I'm talking about in, you know, in the fitness sphere. Uh, therefore, you go listen to me, follow this scheme, eat these foods. Yeah. Do as I say and you'll have the body that either I have or claim that you can have yeah this there's not so much dictating but there is an authority without vulnerability seldom have I seen people across all the platforms or, or you know books and stuff where people putting themselves out there and said you know I'm not perfect perfect yeah. I'm struggling I have these demons I have these problems you know my form ain't Ain't great, yeah. you know. I mean, I'm still struggling my squat, and I've been doing it for ten years. For example, yeah. you don't get enough of that, and I, and as a consumer of this stuff today, for me personally, I just I kind of I'm getting frustrated, yeah, with with the lack of honesty that are coming from these leaders. And I think we can really open ourselves up, perhaps to some you know some backlash, but at the same time, we're going to put ourselves out there and show you that we're not perfect whilst we may understand a bunch, we're still learning. And even if we understand this, stuff, doesn't mean we're executing it perfectly either. Or well, the impact is as, as, as described, right? Yeah, it may yeah, yeah.
1: not work as described, and we should expose that. Well, I think I'm naturally attracted to people that tend to show their vulnerability and are completely transparent, because if you're standing there with this amazing body and, and saying that you're a leader, it almost becomes unattainable for certain people, and it can actually yeah. put them off and send them the wrong way. Now we don't want to obviously do that, so we're gonna we're gonna tell you our failures. We're gonna show our vulnerability, um, like like you were saying. You know, you you might say, "Okay, my squat. I've been working on it for ten years, and it's still you know my form still isn't right," or struggles with nutrition. You know, there's certain things that I struggle with. I'm sure there's things that you struggle with. But I think if we bring this to the table it will just help a lot more people because it's so relatable. Let's not just be academic. That's that's my ask of you. Is let's not just be
0: academic. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's talk about the science and yeah. academia that supports doing things in that way but you know, let's run run that idea yeah. through its paces and see if it works. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, I also think, you know, there's, there's an opportunity whilst I see it in a couple of spots for real care and compassion to be presented. You know, of course, we've got to make money. Of course, this is a business, and we're going to treat it as a business. Um, but that's not our mission, mm. and it's not our reason. Our reason is to add some add value and to care. Care, and when I mean care, I'm in care, I'm thinking about you know tackling the naivety and, quite frankly, the lies that have led to the issues we have in western culture right whether it be the uk parts of europe or absolutely in the states where obesity is at epidemic proportions chronic diseases like pretty much everyone these days has at least one chronic disease whether it be crohn's disease or diabetes or you know a whole slew of things and the reality is that's starting to come out of the woodworks through science and uh, things related to the gut microbiome is that we're doing this to ourselves and we've been naively doing the wrong things because we haven't yeah. been told a better way and in some cases we've been we've been lied to yeah. to consume foods or behave in a way which is not productive for the individuals but is sustainable for the country or the company yeah. and I think we need to break through some of that.
1: Exactly and I think the other thing as well is I don't think enough people ask why and we want to be the, the guys to start asking why more often. Um just to follow up for your point where you're saying that we get lied to a lot and um, especially in the, the Western world with, with um, a lot of the, the medicines and things like this, you, I think people need to ask why a little bit more and also have a little bit more of a deeper understanding as to why they're taking what they're taking and what the implications are. So Totally. And, I, you know, there's
0: so much stuff we can talk about and we yeah. will, right? But yes. let's, let's not try and... Uh, into it now. Yeah, get get it all out. right now. Yeah, as much as we want. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so look, like you know, <clears throat> wrapping a bow around that. Yeah. I think this is where you and I are going to come into the frame. Right. We're going to put ourselves on the front line. Right. Put our, our bodies, um, our 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 lives out there for people to see how we're engaging mm-hmm. with the lessons we're learning, and hopefully, it's going to be interesting. Definitely. Cool, so that's a a little feel for, you know, the why behind Adapt Nation. Why don't we go way, way back, though? Um, And this is going to be, you and I doing this for the first time. Yeah. We've known each other for about a year. Not even that, actually. No. But clearly there's our backstory, and we've anecdotally heard bits and pieces of each other's kind of like childhood and some of our history, but... Why don't we put it out there? Why don't yeah. you tell me, tell the audience,
1: um, who's brilliant? Well, let's start off with sort of my career as a PT. I mean, I started about five years ago. So I think I started in about 2013. Um, I started off in a small boutique little gym down in Weybridge, where I used to live, which is down in Surrey. And I met some amazing people there, some great clients I got down there. And, um, then obviously from there I moved on to a big commercial gym in Milton Keynes when I moved up with my now fiance. And again, that was a completely different experience because I was, um, I was opened up to a whole new world and of different clients, but in a commercial gym, it's completely different to, um, when you see in a nice boutique gym like that. And, um, yeah, so I've, I've probably been doing training for about five, personal training for about five years now, so mm-hmm. then I did that for a year and a half, then I moved on to the commercial gym again, another year and a half, and now I've got my own studio um, where I'm in a chiropractor clinic, working alongside the chiropractors, so I get a lot of referrals coming through, I obviously do a lot of rehab, and then I, uh, I kind of, I don't want to be too much of a uh, generalist, but I help people with weight loss, any of their health and uh, fitness related goals. So that's kind of what I do as a PT and how long I've been doing it for. Mm-hmm. But personally, I've been training for about, I think about 12 years now. So I think when I was 16. 28, yeah? Yeah. Yes. So I was about, I think I was about 16. I think at that time, that was when you're allowed to join a gym. As soon as I could join a gym, I was in the gym and I haven't stopped. Um, made many of mistakes along the way. But I think along the way, you learn a why, lot. Why, why did you go to the gym? I think as a kid I was always the smaller weaker kid so I quite like to think of myself as an underdog at school um, not because I want this entitlement but more because I was I was never bullied but I would i would be picked on because I was smaller and other people use me as a butt of their joke because they knew I was smaller and I can fight back or mm-hmm. I'll go back so I think you know insecurities and things like that stem from there and then obviously as soon as I went to the gym this sort of intrinsic self-confidence came about a confidence that you can't get from compliments from other people clothes it was more of um, an internal confidence that I knew that I could develop myself I was a bit bigger I was a little bit stronger I could start sort of sticking up for myself and I don't think that feeling has ever gone away um, so that's kind of what's kept me closely linked to the gym mm-hmm. that coupled with being quite sporty when I was a kid I did a lot of karate taekwondo my um, Thai kickboxing done a bit of boxing so I had I've got a bit of a fighting background I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a fan but I, I just enjoy doing it but I've only done them. I mean I stuck the longest I stuck to one of the martial arts was probably about two and a half years so nothing really serious um play a lot of football, um, cycle a lot, love running. So I just like being active in general. But I think it, the, the motivating factor is probably the fact that it gives me a deeper meaning um, and value. So I feel when you train, you learn certain values like patience, commitment, consistency, because you can't lie to yourself. You can lie to other people, but you know whether your body's changing. You know whether your health is changing. And I think by being in the gym, I just grew up learning that these values are important. And I think it changed outside of the gym as well, and it changed my life. I think it's kind of what's, you know, led me here tonight to be here doing a podcast. I mean It's pretty cool. Yeah, so what what impact have your
0: parents had on you? Um uh, have, have have they how, how What's the biggest influence your both your mother and your father have had on you individually?
1: Well, my dad was in the police, um, so I was quite proud of that when I was a kid, I think. And um, he was in a, an academy when he was younger, and he would talk about it a lot. Um, he would talk about his fitness tests and things like that. My mum on the other side, again, she was always quite physically active because she um, rode horses and stuff like this. So you Kind of have to be fit, and I spent a lot of my childhood jumping on hail bales and things like that. Hay bales stuff, so that was quite good fun. Um, but yeah, so I think she has my mum has quite a good interest when it comes to what's healthy and what's not when it comes to food. So what when about, about outside
0: of fitness generally, though? Like when you look at your mother, mom, your mum and your dad,
1: what what traits do you owe to them? Um I think that my my dad's got—he's got, he's got quite a bit of an addictive character, and I think that has probably led me, not necessarily led my dad in the right direction, but it's led me in the right direction. And I feel that. Okay. Uh, so when you
0: you're going to you willing to expose what you're talking about? Yeah, I mean,
1: well, he's he's struggled with drink okay. in the past, which is obviously something that I've witnessed, um, and I'm still witnessing now. And I think it's obviously. Driven me the other way. Okay. And I'm trying to be obviously super healthy, watching what I eat, training right, sleeping right, keep my stress levels down. So I'm trying to make my body run optimally. On the other side, I can see how my dad's obviously drinking and it's just pushing him down this sort of rabbit hole. It's getting, you know, he's getting further and further down there, which means that you get to a point where you can barely, you know, bring his health back. You know, as you get older, it gets harder and harder. It's like leaving a car outside to rust. If you leave the longer you leave it out there, the harder it is to restore. Yeah. So.
0: Well, but, but so you're saying there's there's the both the aversion and the distance you're creating from that life. You don't want that life. It's quite common, right? Yeah. As, as a kid, right, you either follow the path your parents have taken for good or bad. Yeah. Or you go the opposite way for good or bad. Yeah. And it sounds like. You've taken the opposite position, right? Yeah. I don't want to go down that path. I'm going to prove to myself that I'm not the same. I'm not cut from the same cloth. But you said yeah. something interesting. You said your dad's got an addictive personality, and you think you have too. How does that How does that present itself?
1: Well, I think that obviously, I, I think with addiction, you don't sort of because. When you've got a healthy addiction, i.e. training and eating well, and I think in some respects it is addictive, and and that word sounds bad, but you don't see it as an addiction when it's used productively. Mm -hmm. But I feel that somewhat is addictive because...
0: Do you feel you have to contain? Do you have to protect that addictive quality? Do you gamble or do you you stay away from gambling for the fear of... Well that addictive personality coming out
1: no because it 's funny you say that because i because this is obviously having this conversation is obviously making me think, and I think when I go to the casino or something like that i 've always been very good at you know if I make a small win i 'll walk away right? really yeah I've, I've, in that respect i 'm really not addictive um, in my character, but I think that when it comes to training, I am, so i don 't know whether that is an addictive thing or not because my personality. With other things, doesn't seem to be addictive. Now, you see people with addictions all the time, don't you? It can be things like, it could be watching Netflix. It could be eating certain food. No, be... we,
0: we've, got, we've, got a, we've got a social platform addiction taking over the world right yeah. now, right? And oh, that, yeah. it's only starting. Yeah. So absolutely. I mean, and, and the interesting thing about space sorry to cut you off, but there's this, uh, this book uh, called Irresistible, And it is exactly about that. Mm. It is talking about how we have this addiction epidemic flowing through, you know, the majority of the world where people are spending hours on their phones, um, virtually engaging, but not physically engaging with others. And it has all the telltale signs of addiction. Yeah. But it's not labeled as such and it's not illegal and it's not frowned upon. Yeah. But it, has this has the same withdrawal symptoms? Yeah, has the same impacts on quality of life. It's really interesting, and we've got to watch ourselves as much as we want to leverage yeah. these social platforms to positively engage others. Let's also bear in mind that well, you know it, it, it's not
1: all the source of good, right? Exactly, and that, that's the thing we're going to have to obviously address as we start to use social media a little bit more. We're going to have to make sure that we don't get consumed. We want to obviously be creators. Mm. It's very easy to become a consumer because, you know, two seconds into your phone can turn into an hour. You know, so it, it's you can see how the addictive properties are there. And I think yeah. there's there was something interesting that I saw the other day on Facebook, and I think it was I can't remember his name, I, but he was one of the guys that either set up. It's not Mark Zuckerberg, it's someone else, but I think he was in the early stages of Facebook being created. Um, is now completely against it. Because he's saying that we, we wanted it to be addictive, but not, we wanted people to want to go on Facebook, but not this much. Mm. We didn't realize the can of worms we were about to open.
0: Think, think about, the, think about the, the food industry. This is exactly the same. There's, there are um, food, big, big food veterans mm. who have realized their, their ways, right? Have realized that, you know, in the pursuit of profit and building a successful business, their drive was to in, ensure, obviously, maximum, maximum sales, yeah. as you would expect. Right? Yeah. They achieved that growth, whether it be, you know, the wheat industry, or whether it be, you know, baked goods, or some of the big, big brands you see in your in your uh, supermarkets. But there's many a many a kind of veteran now has realised that, you know, what we we had a great impact mm. we on our business. We sold our stuff like hotcakes. Yeah. But now we're realising some of the food that we were peddling. Has some deleterious effects, aren't that healthy? And no. the science is coming out now that we've we've been doing bad by society, and they're stepping out of their roles and trying to create more sustainable, valuable, healthier yeah. options, leveraging their sales and marketing expertise, mm. but trying to push something a bit healthier. Yeah, I find that fascinating. Too. Yeah,
1: I mean it's it's a bit of a epidemic. I mean, we all have these foods that are palatable to us that we we get addicted to. I think how we manage that is so important. And I don't think people think it's as much of a problem as it is, as we know it is. I agree.
0: Yeah. Listen, man, before, before maybe I, I, I kind of walk you through my, my kind of history from, uh, from a child onwards, is there anything else that you kind of wanted to share or open up to around um, teen years or, uh, you know, what, what drives you outside of um, fitness
1: well, I think I quite like I like being outdoors. So I think actually part of that as well, staying physically fit means that I can do things outdoors. A um, bit of an adrenaline junkie as well. So if there's any opportunity to do something um, that involves a bit of adrenaline, I'm there. So I think being physically active means that I can just do a lot more. Uh, me and Lisa, we wanna, we've travelled a little bit. We travelled around Europe for a month and I think that, Again, you, you have to be somewhat fit to, you know, go hiking and go cycling and go and see, you know, the countries that you're traveling to. So I, I feel that I've got to sort of keep my fitness levels up for that. Um, but in terms of which I didn't cover, in terms of my personality, because I want everyone to know sort of who I am as a person, I would actually say that I'm more of an introvert. Although I may not seem it when I'm at boot camp and I'm being a personal trainer, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be a little bit of a leader. But you need to turn it on, right? Exactly. But but naturally, I'm a bit of an introvert. So, but because I'm an introvert, I naturally want to sort of, or well, I don't naturally want to push myself, but I do push myself. Yeah. I try and get myself outside of my comfort zones, which means that I'm constantly developing, constantly learning. but that's all part of it I mean I get so much joy and um, and whatnot from from the development and the progression in self development so I think I, th- I think you
0: what, what I'm hearing is that you, you, tr- you treat anything you're passionate mm. with just like you would trying to develop a muscle exactly right you know it takes reps yeah it takes pain mm. and it and it and it takes pushing against enormous resistance to grow. And, you know, growth doesn't come easily. And, um, hey, the most successful people in the world have been nervous, scared, yeah. out of their comfort zone, not sure how they're going to do what they need to do, but they find yeah. a way because they put one
1: foot ahead of the next. Exactly. And they just get momentum. Yeah. I think, well, I think the, the you, you've got to challenge yourself. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are, are content but I think the problem is is if someone is not working towards personal development as such, but they're complaining, I think then they're not content and they're not doing anything about it. But then there are people out there that are quite content with who they are and what they do. And then there's people like me and you who want to, Just want to grow, continuously right? grow and, and develop as, as you know characters, um, with our knowledge, physical abilities. I think that we constantly want to sort of push the boundaries a little bit and, and I think I'd imagine a lot of the listeners will be the same they'll kind of be looking for something in order to help develop them I mean we're, right, I agree we're massive fans of podcasts and I feel there's yeah, so just a massive
0: growth mindedness kind of opportunity here right a of information isn't it yeah but, but then too much information as well so how do yeah. we how do we break yeah. So I just wanted to connect on something. You said you're an introvert. I, I would say I would see that in you yeah. because I've, I've, I've known you long mm-hmm. enough to, 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 to kind of assess Gauge that. that. yeah. I also think, oh, I know I'm an introvert too. And again, that, okay. that may be surprising because that in, my, surprises me, yeah. in my line of work, um, I'm quite a forceful character. Um, I'm comfortable engaging. I have to sell stuff every day. And you don't associate salesmen with so, in, in, introverts. So that's but interesting. Let, let me tell you my definition, or it's not mine, uh, but the definition mm-hmm. that resonates with me, mm-hmm. which is I can go, 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 and adrenaline can kick in, and I can stand up and, on a stage. I can get into a really important presentation with 10 people in the room and stick yep. up a PowerPoint slide, so walk people through stuff. I can deal with high stress situations and be front man and mm. feel comfortable leading. Yeah. However, when I want to recharge my batteries, I don't go and seek out social interaction to do that. I actually enjoy being alone. And I will go significant period of time enjoying my personal company. Yeah. Now, obviously, I live at home and I've got kids and a wife and, and I love them and I want to be with them all the time, but... You know, my recharge is me in the gym by myself, or reading something, or a podcast, or thinking, or walking the dogs, and that probably is the place I go for both recharge and that kind of like inner enjoyment is is where I'm I'm most natural. Yeah, and I think that for me, that's the definition of uh, being an introvert. Whereas an extrovert would seek social interaction as comfort yes I I seek isolation as comfort yeah
1: I think I mean what's your thoughts on it? I mean the more I hear about stories like yours and mine I realise that I wouldn't necessarily I'm a leader at all but I have to lead within the sessions that I do and and you have to lead within your job and um, I'm starting to see this pattern that more and more people that have jobs and have to be leaders in their role tend to be introverts um, if you look at people like Brian Rose, for instance, um, who's on the London Real podcast, he he's an introvert, but you wouldn't see it within him because he seems like such a leader. He can stand up on stage. He can talk in front of thousands of people. Um, he's interviewed some of the, you know, some huge celebrities now, but he's an introvert. But he's completely I don't know. Hard ma- hard I,
0: maybe, maybe, you know, trying to piece this together and, you know, let's not try and solve the world's problems on this <laughs> podcast, but... Um, there's a book by a lady called Gretchen Rubin called Four Tendencies. And it mm-hmm. talks about, uh, you know, the kind of key underlying, underlying tendency of an individual that drives their behavior. Um, and if you are someone who gets accountability through others, mm-hmm. you, I guess, more likely seek out that interaction with those people because you both get joy and you get accountability from them. They hold you accountable to yeah. stuff. Whereas I'm, I'm, I'm accountable to myself, and really only myself. Not, not mm. many people can tell me what to do. Yeah. Right. I can follow direction, but only once I've internalized it and I see it, that it makes sense. It's efficient. It's sensible, and it adds value to me. Yeah. You ask me to do something I don't want to do, I won't do it. And I think you know, that's what you find in a lot of leaders mm. is that that ability to internalise, ask questions, hold themselves accountable, have that massive self-drive. Yeah. Um, and they don't need on. others to yeah. make that happen. Now, they, they need others to form a business and mm-hmm. partner with and, you know, scale their organisation and, and work with and have enjoyment. But they don't need them to yeah. be successful. You know, they can be successful through their own drive and their own steam. So would Maybe, you, that's,
1: maybe that's kind of their thing. So would you say extroverts almost... Do need that? They they kind of I don't need know. that support. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't want to suggest one's better than the
0: other, but that's kind of what I'm alluding to. That maybe it's interesting, it's really interesting. Let's. Um, I'm, I'm clocking time. I think we should um keep things moving. Yeah. Uh, and in the spirit of um, honesty, why don't I kind of do the same? Yeah. I'll kind of walk you through what, you in my head and just kind of stop me. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so let's go back to childhood. So. Grew up in North London, mm-hmm. um, so I'm a proper Londoner. If you can't already tell, um, single family. My mother um, you know, raised me by myself until um, my brother and sister came along. Uh, fathered by uh, another man, who's still in my life, but you know, for the okay. majority of my life, uh, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much independent, had to kind of take care of myself. Okay, and um, I had a doting mother who couldn't do enough for me, who did a great job. Of hiding our financial troubles, because you know, if I reflect back, I never wanted for anything. I mm. pretty much got all the necessary materialistic things that yeah. a kid needs, yeah. Uh, and it didn't go too long without, you know, one, without, you know, a need being fulfilled. So she'd done a great job of not exposing me to the fact that we were, you know, you know, living on the breadline. Uh, definitely working class. Um, you know social housing set up and then uh, my mother uh, found a way to, to buy that yeah. place. Um, uh, at school um, if I think back in my family I haven't really got a pedigree of schooling or academic excellence mm. it just hasn't we haven't rose to the top mm-hmm. in academia in, in, in my family um, and I wouldn't say that that was a driver for me to do different um, but I found this personal drive at school, that didn't come from my mum you know my mum wanted me to be at school and attend and be punctual yeah but beyond that um the demand wasn't there for me to do my homework or yeah. put x amount of hours in or take it really seriously or shoot for the next thing but I found it innately within me to just go work hard like in every lesson I had had a lot of fun I got into trouble but I take it seriously i had done a ton of homework I, I would obsess about you know the math, the science, the design stuff—the mm. the stuff that got my got me going. What what trait would you say that is then in your personality? It's just this dogged determination. It's mm. like this um, grit. To I'm, I'm a hard worker. I, that kind of work ethic has just it, it presented itself as a kid. Yeah. And it was not not asked for mm. by anyone. Yeah. I just done it. Like mm. I just locked myself in a room and do hours of work and.
1: My mum never had to tell me once to go do it. <laughs> it was just—it's weird. If That's you think, amazing for someone your age to to crack on with their homework and and, uh, and the school was good, yeah. but
0: it wasn't geared towards you know this demand either from the school. Either. So I'm, I'm, yeah, not entirely sure where that came from, but it wasn't necessarily from from my house. Yeah, um, but it also brought it started to present the kind of the logic inside me. As yeah. I said, maths and science and anything that had a right or wrong answer. I gravitate to yeah um, the more subjective, nuanced, you know, arty stuff. I I love creativity. I'll talk about that in a second. But um, I work best when I can work towards an answer that's either yes or no, mm. and I can I can solve a problem if I can. You know, I, therefore, I hated English because. It was subjective, yeah. put it out there and, and ended. wait for my English teacher yeah. to just say it was shit, which <laughs> yeah, happened most yeah. of the time. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you love science then, right? But science, yeah, yeah. all that stuff was, yeah. was just like right up my street. So, so that was uh, school. I, I went from school to college, done pretty well there, You know, good grades, um, high high achiever academically, and then got the opportunity to go to a uh, um, uh, university in London. Which um, it was one of the best universities in the world. It's called Imperial College, specifically for um, aeronautical engineering. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Like, like yep. Rocket science shit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so you're yeah. So yeah, a talent there. I didn't. I didn't know what to do. You know, career advice was pointless. Yeah. Like, I liked maths, I liked science, I liked design. What can I do to blend <laughs> those things together? I know what. I'll like build planes. There you and, go. You know, Formula One cars and how do you do that? Well, oh, you've got to study this aeronautical thing. Yeah, fine, I'll do that. Yeah. So, you know, working class kid, no privilege, no money, you know, put put my name into into the hat and you know, through a bit of luck and good grades, I was accepted in. So really felt privileged and excited. Now a couple of problems. I didn't I didn't live on campus. I was I, I was living in North London, um, College uh, Imperial Colleges in Kensington. And I decided it wouldn't be great if I just biked in every day and then bike mm. home? Yeah. Turns out, you know, I didn't experience any of the university as a result. Didn't have any of the social life. Didn't enjoy the thing, even though I, I wanted it. Mm. I just kind of found myself uh, ostracised because I didn't have the kind of on-campus experience. Yeah. Long and short of it, you know, I just got bored. Mm. I only I didn't do a year. Okay. I spent a bunch of money. Didn't 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 click. Spent most of my time in the snooker halls of Imperial College. Mm. Uh, with someone uh, recording all my lectures for me, and it just became <laughs> it became ridiculous. So I had to just, you know, I was no, never going to catch up with all the mini disc recordings no. I've got,
1: and I just I was losing was my way in the content. Yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, because it doesn't sound like your sort of character to not sort of throw yourself in at 100 miles per hour and and, and get the work done. I think I so feel I felt way my depth. Yeah, it was it was subject subject myself. that
0: was so dry. Yeah, the lectures weren't engaging for me mm-hmm. maybe that was because I came from a different background of schooling mm-hmm. but I kind of needed a bit more engagement you know yeah. it was like here's a subject you work it out yourself and and it just wasn't it wasn't engaging enough yeah and then yeah I didn't have the social piece nailed down because I, was, mm-hmm. I wasn't on campus anyway so from there put myself into in, into the workplace after a little hiatus uh, and just landed in an office job yeah. um, nothing much to talk about but kind of built some just Basic competencies through doing a pretty mind-numbing job for four or five years, um, done well enough considering my age to get management and departmental management experience, which nice. was cool. Yeah, um, and then from there, I've it, really my career has been about sales. So for the last twelve years, I've been working in IT sales, specifically in IT security, which is a blossoming industry now. You know, cyber, you know, cyber hacking, anything to do with you know, protection of people's data is a hot topic. Okay. And I've benefited from a blossoming but niche industry that I've worked mm. in. And I've done well. You know, I've, I, I pride myself on being a passionate and energized communicator, and that works well in an environment which also requires logic and technical kind of prowess and the yeah. ability to engage and care. So that's kind of been my career. I'll, I'll kind of
1: maybe touch it, I'll touch on it a little bit later, but I think, that's the back. I think the interest in thing about what me and you are doing is that we both come from a background that isn't the typical kind of go through school, go to college and study to be um, in this industry. We, I mean, I've had loads of different jobs um, before I was a personal trainer in in this industry. And obviously, you've had um, jobs that are completely separate to the industry as well. So it's, it's it's interesting to see how we gravitated towards uh, the same ideas and the same oh, values, you, completely different backgrounds and have well, the same message Well, m-
0: moreover, Bryn. moreover, I mean, I'm doing really, really well. I mean, not, you know, to toot my own horn, but I've, I've really established my, my place in the industry that I, I work within now mm. to the point that, you know, financially, it's rewarding. Uh, psychically, it's very rewarding. Yeah. I've got a name for myself. Um, and many people would say that I'm crazy mm. to look a gift horse in the mouth and walk away from a career that can continue to look after me, my family, and you know, quite frankly, I can do it relatively easily. Yeah. But there's this burning desire to go pursue something that I believe I can have a greater impact in, and that's what we're talking about today. But before we do, and I think we should kind yeah. of touch on that passion a bit, yeah. um, Let me let me kind of root you in my... What, what I, I believe are my kind of core passions or kind of guiding principles, yeah. I think will start kind of bring us closer to adaptation. The first is physicality. Um, I, I haven't really ever pieced this together, but I remember a number of times I would, I would tell my wife, Michelle, um, or others that I feel most alive when I'm moving. Mm. That I thought, you know, at one one point I remember a few years ago, I remember saying to Michelle, do you know what? I think I might, you know, I think I might really enjoy being a farmer. <laughs> <was> like, <laughs> it's like, we live on a farm, but, okay. you know, I don't do farming. But, like, yeah, just like being out and about yeah. and not having my, not being in front of my computer for like 14 hours a day and not just being, you know, shackled to my desk and to be out there moving. Yeah. And creating or doing something, and then having that very mm. physical, visual mm. acknowledgement of work done, and just be—you know—just be out in the open air. There's, there's something intrinsically that I'm compelled towards that, but I've never really been able to articulate mm. it up until today when I was prepping for today, thinking, "How do I put myself out there?" I'm like, "Wow, physicality is important." It's now expressed in the gym, yeah. But I need to—I need to be using my body. I can't just be using my mind even though
1: my mind is going 100 miles an hour well I think that's part of our message isn't it tell it you know showing people that our bodies are made to work so we're not you know you don't just want to stick to but bo- obviously if you're interested in the sport itself of bodybuilding or specific but I think with the movement like CrossFit I think people are now starting to see that our bodies are machines and and, and the, the things that we can do with our body so kind of you know, taking a bit from bodybuilding, a bit from CrossFit, powerlifting, putting all these things and merging it together, so we have this hybrid of like training that mm-hmm. that can optimize our body and and, and use it in a way that it should be used because our bodies are built to do labor at the end of the day. And this
0: is the only this the only vessel you have, right? Yeah. This is you. You you are your body, and you only get only get one chance to use it. And use it right. And if it starts deteriorating, yeah, uh, then you have a sub sub maximal life. And that's really kind of where, you know, if you know, that has never been something I put together mm. when trying to express that I want to be physical. The yeah. reality is we're born to be physical, right? We yeah. think about our ancestors, you know, moving around to to survive. And I don't think that I don't think that's lost on
1: us. No. We want it, it's but we won't necessarily
0: we not haven't necessarily understood that we need it mm. emotionally. Mm-hmm. And in today's well, but I, I
1: believe we do, and for me at least, it's really important. And it feels it's right when you train, when you when you get your blood pumping, and you get. Well, just take going. going for a nice it feels walk, right, doesn't it?
0: You're going for a nice walk on a brisk kind of like autumnal day. Yeah. You know, and you've got a nice kind of picturesque kind of mm. view. It's
1: beautiful. And especially, I think as well. When I I'm feeling a bit under the weather, or I'm feeling down, uh, or if I'm ill, if I go out for a walk, it always makes me feel so much better. And there's a lot to be said just for going out. Walking I hear you. I hear lot. you. And I, I mean, I'm always encouraging people to go out for a walk because the, the that's benefits... Really gonna, that's
0: actually going to be where you burn most of your energy. You just keep the moving around from day, from minute to minute, as opposed to the hour that
1: you've got in the gym. Oh, exactly. I mean, I mean, just touching and walking. I mean, if you think about how much you walk in a day, that's, that's burning a lot of energy. But then you go outside and do that and get vitamin D, get fresh air. Obviously, you bring your stress levels down. There's so many benefits to just going outside for a walk, and I think it is—I I think it's overlooked.
0: So hey, may, maybe instinctively I knew that all along, but yeah. I've only been putting that together I did, recently. I didn't beat
1: you down as a farmer. No, no. no <laughs> it's probably the
0: wrong vocation. Yeah. Um, a couple of other things. I—I I, I actually had a gym at the age of thirteen or fourteen. Okay. My mum had a—my mum had a shop. She was a florist for a period mm-hmm. of time down in Holloway Holloway Road. Um, and she had a little back back room, and I was like, okay, so can we can we buy some weights, and a little <laughs> treadmill, a basic treadmill, and you know bench, and you know a little pulley system, yeah, basic. I mean, we're talking like York stuff, right? Nothing yeah. like super. But I was hitting the gym from about thirteen, and it actually yeah. it it played well for me at school because I developed, yeah. And like it was noticeable so you that could see the difference. I was starting to put I was starting to put size on as a young kid. Yeah. But the reality is it wasn't size. It was just a young kid just getting some structure to his body. Newbie gains. Yeah, <laughs> newbie gains, yeah. yeah for sure. And drinking the bloody <laughs> shitty um, oh, yeah. um cans of milk, yeah, you know, yeah. flavored nourishment. Remember yeah. I was knock like, those back thinking yeah. it's gonna change
1: the world, it made fuck all difference. They were so nice and probably they're probably just so sweet. Imagine yeah. trying to have it now though, I know. Right? <laughs> I think they just sell them in like garages, don't they? Do they still like, sell them? Yeah, I've seen them around. I I remember I used to drink them, but I'd only ever get them from garages. So oh, they, I don't think they're an actual like supplement range. I've never seen them other than in garages. So. Yeah, it's just like it's yeah, just sweet yeah, milk, isn't
0: it? Um, and and I've always been and to that point, I've always been in shape. Now, as we as we kind of spend time um, at Up Nation, I'll I'll expose some kind of mm. previous pictures. I've I've never had it. Great body, but I've definitely not ever been fat or yeah. out of shape or looking like as if I've lost it. Mm-hmm. I've always been able to wear my clothes well and, you know, present myself well. But I, I've never got close to the body that I want. Yeah, And that, for me, is one of the main reasons why I wanted to do this is that I'm now starting to realise my goals now. I've got I've definitely got a journey ahead, but there's an adaptation. Yeah. It's you know, playing words. <laughs> that I'm realising I could have benefited from many, many years ago if I just got my shit together and I had had a plan when I went to the gym as, a, as opposed to mindlessly exercising. Yeah. And that's basically been my life. I've exercised. I've gone in and out of trends and habits and fallen on and off um, the car and, you know, ballooned up, lost it, ballooned up, lost it, relatively speaking. Yeah. Um,
1: and it's been that. It's been that my whole life. So would you say you were sporty? I mean, did you do any sports? You didn't mention any No, not really. No, no, I was,
0: I was I was crap at football. Right. Yes. Two left feet. Yeah, absolutely. Uh
1: my, my, my friends at school
0: would attest to that. Right. And um, I I had an interest in say basketball. Uh I did actually pick up the the the, the um sport that I had the closest affinity to was actually squash. Squash, okay. Yes, I really enjoyed squash, you know, kind of running what around. What was a bit it about thick. it that you liked? Oh, it's just the kind of, you know, the fact that it's a solo sport. I think that yep. played well for me. Um, and, you yeah, know, you're defined by your abilities and mm. no one else. And the, just unlike tennis, where you lose the ball every two seconds because you mm. shit at it. You know, you can keep the ball in play pretty yeah. much the whole time. Exactly. Especially if you use like a bouncy ball. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it just... I, I found my groove and I enjoyed the competitiveness of it and the, the, you know, the kind of physical demand mm. that that sport has. But you've always naturally gravitated more towards training. Yeah, yeah, yeah as opposed S- to being fashion. in a team and, you know, yeah. kind of having that kind of thing. Not sh- sure why, but it just hasn't really... It didn't gel. Whether it, I wasn't... Uh, I'm not an athlete, which mm. I'm probably not. Or... Um, it's probably the fact that I prefer individual sports. Yeah. So it's probably I prefer being right, yeah. accountable only to myself. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Anyway, so so that's my physicality side. and other passion I have, uh, as I've kind of expressed already, is sales and marketing. And I'm excited about what we're doing here because it really demands that you're, you know, you're an effective communicator. Mm. And, I, and I, I pride myself on being a, an expressive and energized communicator. On being able to exert influence over others by sharing my passions with them to the point that they're good to go and the idea that I'm feeling so pumped about. And that's what's worked well in my career Mm -hmm. Uh, and I believe that's what we can do here. Um, So sales and marketing is very close to my heart, it's a career that I've built up and when I look at marketing, it's not just spam emails and bloody forcing products in people's faces and getting people's feeds.
1: Marketing for me is more the creative side that I enjoy. Because I think there's is, a lot of negativity. Sorry, I think there's a lot of negativity around the word marketing. So I'll be interested to see what you say about this.
0: Yeah, no, no I agree. Yeah, wait, for me it's it's more it's more around um when I say marketing, in my mind I I hold this kind of romantic idea of creating beautiful things.
1: Right. right. Do you know what I mean? And a means of communicating.
0: Yeah, and like, you know, think about the old school advertising. Where you know the Guinness adverts or some really expensive adverts would hit the TV, and you could see there was a whole design team that went behind that, and there was a whole narrative, and you know the whole process of coming up from brainstorming to creating the story to creating the thing. I just love mm. creating stuff, and that's actually my my third passion. I'll get to in a sec, but the last thing I'll close on my sales thing is like you know I enjoy it and I've benefited from being able to do some big things. You know, currently in a sales role where. You know, I I've, I've regularly do seven or eight figure deals and it's just, it just like, it, it's natural. I don't get excited about it, it anymore, which is odd. Okay. But it's just natural. That's just what you do,
1: right? You, you bring in a $7 million deal. You bring in a $12 million deal. So you don't get nervous around figures like that at all? Anymore oh, no. And no, 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 that no, Or is it?
0: No. And, and you know, I, I, I think, you know, we've got a number of thermostats in our body. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a bit corny, but... Everyone's got a set point yeah. to anything, whether it's a set point to their body, set point to their mindset by design, set point to what they believe they can earn, mm-hmm. a set point in terms of how successful they believe they can be, or a set point in terms of how much they think they can have someone give them money, right? You know, How much value can I bring mm-hmm. in exchange for money? And an idea that, you know, the average person can ask someone else to yeah. give them seven million dollars would would just be ludicrous yeah an idea you couldn't even contemplate but for me through i guess iterative and incremental successes i've got to the point that my set point's just been raised and raised and then you you don't you don't sweat a bunch you know you, your your heart rate stabilizes you get comfortable doing you know big things like that and that's kind of where I'm at now and I'm hoping that we can apply that um, that belief and that kind of salesmanship to find a way to express and communicate effectively in a way
1: which is passionate. Yes, exactly. And I think we're both, um, we're we're passionate ourselves and we obviously want to light a fire in someone else to go and take action and hopefully they will then go light a fire in someone else we want to create Absolutely. this community of of, of passion, um, uh, you know, around everyone and, and get everyone excited, you know. And, and to I think that excitement for me personally comes from knowing that training and being in the gym and being healthy goes way beyond the gym itself. It goes way beyond that. It's kind of touching back on like um, the values that you learn within um, getting yourself into shape and and proving your health over time you learn these sort of core values that you carry over into your day to day life and I think when you realise that power that's when you truly kind of get inspired and motivated and I think that will carry you through and it
0: it definitely cuts both ways Mm. as I was saying earlier it's either success outside of the gym leads to success in the gym or it goes the other way yeah but exchange the word gym for any kind of level of physicality. But I definitely think it cuts both ways. The the discipline needed in one part of the life of your life, to which point that the discipline is no longer needed because it now becomes a habit, a good habit for change in your life. Yeah. Then cascades into other areas that you want to go change equally as well. Because you start getting this belief that okay I can change this part Mm. going on here, you know, whether it be my finances, whether it be you know, the ability to read a book a week, whether it be my relationships at home. Exactly. And then you go, yeah. actually, what else can I change? Because yeah. I believe I can.
1: Well, I mean, to sort of tell you a little bit more about me and my personality, um, is when I was younger, I mean, I was probably the most uncommitted, inconsistent person there was. I mean, I'd work hard, so I had a couple of the right values, but. The values that I've got now have been developed through developing myself. Like I say, if you're in the gym, you won't see a difference unless you're consistent, committed, um, you're putting in hard work. You know, you've got all these values that you have to live by in order to see results. And like you are saying, outside of work, you can change your finances. You can apply this to your career. Because if, again, if you've been consistent, putting in hard work, you're committed, you will climb the ladder. And I think that it's just... It's so important that people understand this and understand that the there are these deeper meanings and values that you can learn. I
0: agree, man. I agree. So, um, so what was we on? We're talk, talking about um, sales and marketing. Um, what else? Oh, so learn, learning, and growing. For me, if it isn't already obvious, mm. obvious that I'm, I've just got this thirst for knowledge. I, I remember as a kid being told consistently by my mum or by her uncles that I've got to shut up and stop asking so many questions. You're right. Yeah. I just, I'm a questioner. Yeah. And it's interesting. The book I referenced, uh, Gretchen Rubin's book on the four tendencies, the tendency that I'm labelled with is the questioner. Yeah. Which is... Couldn't tell. I'm, I need to understand stuff. <laughs> right. And I need to understand stuff relative to me. Yeah. And then if it makes sense to me mm-hmm. and I've ironed out all the kinks mm-hmm. and it, it seems relatively foolproof, then I'm in. Yeah. If things don't make sense, you won't get me doing it. And um but that being said, to the positive, I've I've always had this desire to learn and grow. And it's ebbed and flowed. You know, mm-hmm. there's been parts of my life where I've just hit the groove or or I've just got onto the kind of a uh, treadmill of life and you kind of lose the willingness yep. to commit extracurricular time to stuff so definitely haven't always been a saint in that regard but generally I'm analytical anything I put myself to like a small task that we've got in the in the house through to something at work through to you know creating this thing that we're doing here it's asking the questions it's analyzing relatively scientific by Mm. by design I'm quite logical in that regard um and I would also say that I'm quite technically uh, savvy Yeah, that bodes well what we're doing. The last thing about learning and growing though isn't isn't just the seeking seeking out information. Um, In about 2005, uh, in my kind of mediocre office job that I had, realised that we were in a bit of a rut, and whilst we were doing okay relative to some of our peers, um, I didn't see that we were making enough. that we had any trend towards something bigger. It felt like as if we were stagnating. And whilst that was okay in that year, if it's two or three years go down the line and we're still in the same spot, I wouldn't be particularly happy. So there was a, a kind of like come to Jesus moment, but it was spawned upon... Uh, a book called "Awaken the Giant Within," which is written by Anthony Robbins, obviously yeah. massively known and mm-hmm. has done a phenomenal job mm. for you know motivating and encapsulating the idea of belief and you know kind of just action in people. Mm. And he made a huge difference. I read that book; it resonated like hell, and that really pr- it was probably the defining moment mm. in my life where I took charge. Yeah, like I decided to act and not be, <clears throat> not be on the sea, being taken mm. however the waves want to take me, but put myself in a fuck-off big boat with, you know, engines yeah. and, you know, propellers <laughs> and sails and, with, and cells that direct myself in the direction I want and take mm. purposeful action yeah. to learning, and growing, and in, in the pursuit of that, you know, becoming more um, attractive to others mm. who would exchange that attractiveness for a better job or more money or yeah. more opportunity uh, so growth hasn't stopped, and actually, you know, us meeting each other has just kind of lit the fire under me again, and I'll, I'll kind of I'll hit that
1: because I think that's quite important to talk about. So going back on what you just said, so would you would you say that a well, lot of that comes from self awareness? Because like you said, you're kind of going along this current that you're, and it's almost like you're unaware. You're just going about your day to day life without actually thinking about the consequences or what you're doing, whether you're happy. Where you are right now, so would you say it's you sort of became very aware of your position and who you are?
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd say anyone who knows me would say I, I'm self critical, right? Uh, not self critical, very open to feedback, yeah, and that feedback mostly comes from me. Mm-hmm. me giving myself feedback right it's that it's an internal dialogue right i'm not I'm not having a conversation but you know, it's it's yeah, it, yeah it's me kind of observing myself yeah. and i'm more than open for people to tell me what i'm doing wrong mm-hmm. how that didn't work out well you shouldn't have said that you'd be better off if you could do these things uh i don't know where that comes from but i'm i'm comfortable receiving feedback thick skin thick skin or just a desire so to improve yeah I mean, you know what I mean
1: you've got to be open minded um, to these things haven't you and be able to adapt so I think people's feedback can be very as long as it's good feedback then yeah. it can be constructive so. yeah I'm sure you
0: know if people not really want to be malicious yeah. then it yeah. probably would it could, you know, get to me a bit yeah. but you know typically if you seek feedback and it's given in a positive must, way I want to receive it yeah. I'd rather I'd rather know how I look in the real world versus yeah. what I see when I'm in the mirror exactly you know yeah so that kind of pieces to give my passion is the creativity piece we spoke about already mm. right you know that drives oh, I create stuff I love creating stuff but underpinning all of this is you know I guess by the, my reason why and my reason why for growth and mm. for success and pursuit and longevity and optimising my life really is my family yeah it's the creation of um not just a stable but a fulfilling and um energetic and lovely home in which my wife and my two kids Mm -hmm. get to thrive in i want to give my kids opportunities that i didn't have i want them to express themselves physically i want them to know what fit feels like Mm -hmm. i want them to know there's no other choice and i also want them to know that whilst we come from a place of success Mm. success needs to be earned and I want them to find what success means for them, whatever it means, Yeah. whether it's academically, whether it's in the pursuit of a career, mm. whether it's through the arts, whether it's through sport, whatever it means. Um, I want to create that environment and I want to give to my family and make sure that we don't need for anything and we have the most enjoyable life whilst we're here. And that really is my, my guiding spirit
1: and what all these other passions mm. uh, you know, slot on top of. Yeah, that's what I'm... I'm I think that's what I was quite interested in when I met you is that you you didn't have the typical dad bod. Um, you you had a very busy schedule with your work and then obviously you're a family man, you take that quite seriously. So I think for me and and also the listeners as we go along this journey, it's gonna be interesting to sort of see how you balance your lifestyle.
0: Yeah, and you know, when when we go all in on, on adaptation, there's a good chance that, that balance is gonna get Get fucked with a bit, yeah. And I've got to try and work at how I, I don't present my addictive qualities mm-hmm. and my hard work ethic yeah. to the detriment of the other other things I'm I've been able to balance right now, which is time with my kids, yeah. You know, quality time. You know, being physical. So we'll see how that one plays yeah. out, but hopefully, um, it's still know, going to be a learning. I'll, I'll right. keep to it, and if yeah. I don't, I'll, I'll be honest about it. Yeah. Um. So then, so where where am I at now? Then, right to kind of wrap this up for. for Us and then we'll bring a close to this session. Um, so currently, sales director will be going full time in adaptation pretty soon. Yeah, um, I'm 36 years old, um, and if I'm honest, my body's been breaking down not in significant ways, but you notice it. And it's funny because when I was younger, people would say, Wait until you're 30, you know, you know, you Mm -hmm. won't, you know, once you've got a fast metabolism now and you don't have any weight on you. It'll, it'll come catch up with you. And I'd, I'd hear that, and I'd hear other yeah, yeah. anecdotes that, you know, your body's not invincible, mm. and it's incredible. Clicked into 35 years old, and now all of a sudden these ailments start showing themselves, whether it's skin issues or you know flaky skin or psoriasis or whether it's, um, you, know, sw- you know, sweats for no reason mm. or whether it's aches and pains or Twitches. whether it's bloat yeah. or whether it's just general fatigue mm. I mean I had the most chronic disrespect for sleep ever like four or five hours sleep is fine I'd be mm-hmm. like Do you know what I don't want yeah. any more than that because if i have having more than that I wake up more tired mm. if I have four or five hours sleep I wake up still awake Mm. Because I haven't gone to sleep. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But then I feel it. Mm. And I didn't know what awake felt like up until this year. And we can probably talk about that some other time. But that's kind of where I'm at, right? I'm just finally trying to kind of work out. How do I optimize? This isn't just about body now. This is about I want to be around for a while. And Mm. I don't want to be around for a while and be unhealthy whilst being around. I want to be optimal and and awake. And have my full cognitive ability, yeah. have my full body ability. I want to be, I want to be completely with it, and I want mm. to enjoy my life, not live a painful 30, 40 years at the back end because I've just been disrespectful. So that's kind of where my head's at at the minute. I, and have, and I would say, I've, you know, I've been on this two year journey started before we met, but it's really been this pursuit. Initially, it was a um, it was the Biggest Loser challenger at, at the work I'm at right now. Okay. Uh, we all just a bunch of about ten of us decided to just kind of like throw some money in and mm-hmm. have a bit of a you know macho mm-hmm. competition. As you do, yeah. And yeah, competition drives me. So yeah. and so did it all my peers. <laughs> and we went full in. And some people had more to lose than others, but I was fairly committed to it and yeah. got a pretty good result physically. Uh, and from there, I then had this this commitment to um, getting in the gym. Which was unguided. Mm-hmm. It was like I have to now. Like, I can't go back. Mm-hmm. So I was doing like an hour, hour and a half of cardio a yeah. day. Cardio. Well, okay. And I was working out my muscle pretty much every day. Yeah. With hardly any down, hardly any day off. Hmm. And I wasn't getting anywhere. Yeah. And it was just like it was like I'm just going around in circles. Mm-hmm. Like. There'd be times I'm thinking, what is the point? I know I'm doing this because I don't want to lose the you know, gains, and for gains it was the losses. Yes. I, I don't want to put stuff on, therefore I must maintain this schedule. But this schedule became so inefficient, and I felt obliged to do things that weren't creating any joy, yeah. but they felt necessary. And then to make matters worse, I was working out at 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. And working out until maybe midnight, and then going straight to bed, so completely fucking my sleep as well. So that's been—it's been kind of like what I've been doing, you know, in twenty uh, sixteen, part of twenty seventeen. Yeah. And then you entered my life. Yes.
1: So I came in and sorted
0: you right. out. So what <laughs> I called you up. I said, yeah. you know, some, you've got to unfuck my, you know, my regime. like yeah. trying to get me thinking better about the work, my, yeah. my gym. And I must admit, Bruin. I mean, you know, I, you know, without blowing smoke up your arse, you've um, you've lit fire under my arse, right? You've given me. Um, it's not like as if we had huge workshops and huge come to Jesus moments where you know you would be, you know, indoctrinating me with your way of thinking. It was episodic moments yeah. of encouragement and ideas, and those just ideas were just seed. those seeds that yeah. I wanted to go. Learn more about my own free time. Yeah, and then I found myself just overexposing. Right, like just like we'd have a session. i will spend the next two hours researching. Yeah. about this thing we've spoken about, like a different type of training protocol, or or you know, um, power um, as opposed to strength and plyometrics, or you know, um, you know, rep ranges yeah. and, and different types of exercises, mobility drills, and how to
1: do so- and I just became obsessed. But, so in some subjects, you you get to a point where you're more read than I was in, in certain subjects. You'd send me all these articles, and, and you were really delving deep into it. So I knew that you 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 were going to take it and run with it. It was a matter of just planting the seeds at the right time in order for you to let it um, flourish. And, and and obviously, I needed make a, I needed a forceful interrupt yeah. because.
0: The path I was on, um, if it wasn't for my proactive reach out to you, and more importantly, the work that you've done, Mm. the effective way in which you engaged me, I'd be doing the same thing. Mm. I'd be on this merry-go-round going nowhere and fatiguing my body, no doubt, Mm. making my metabolism so so efficient that I didn't burn any calories on the treadmill or the cross trainer. Yeah. And feel compelled to do more and more and more
1: to try and get some benefit on the scales or see something in a mirror. And in some respects you do have to do more and more and more because your body's adapting to the amount of work exactly. that's putting on it. So.
0: so it was it was yeah, um you know, your 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 uh, entrance into into my life was was a really positive one because mm. in the nine to twelve months that we've known each other, it's just been this explosion explosion of passion, mm. this energy, this enthusiasm. And quite frankly, the results—the results in uh, my physical well-being, you know, how I look in the mirror, the body, how my body's adapting, through to how good I feel, the lack of bloat, you know, how my nutrition's, you know, now in a better spot. Now I'm, yeah. getting, I'm getting eight hours a day. Believe it, of sleep—it's incredible. I never used to, and that's just, it's just—it's such a foreign space to be. Um, so look, and mm-hmm. I, I, I thank I thank you for you know just helping me yeah. out. But now job. I think it's it's time for us to put put that journey out there because it's not finished. I am no, no way near um, my potential but in terms of well-being, fitness, mindset, uh, body shape that I want to be. But it's a
1: journey that I'm inspired that we've made enough progress in the nine months that I think we can do more in the next few years. Exactly. We're right at the beginning of, of this journey and I think that you've got a lot of potential. Um Obviously you're the good thing with you is you're, you're like a sponge, and you're picking up information so quickly, not jealous at all, <laughs> and you're picking up all this information and being able to apply it to your own life, which is fantastic, which means that you're now starting to you know your knowledge with training and nutrition has caught up with me so quickly, which is fantastic, which means that we're now having conversations that, that you know we can have these conversations for hours. And that's what, partly why we now want to do this podcast, so we can put it out there and let you guys get inside our heads and sort of hear what we have to talk about, um, our interests, our struggles, um, and what we think about the industry. And you know, I agree. And
0: and think about it this way, right? We're the guinea pigs, right? Yeah. And 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 as you get to know us, you'll notice that I've been a guinea pig for many. I think I will willingly. Throw myself into all sorts of uh, tests, mm. you, know, you know, we'll talk about some of the tests I've done later. Again, I'll be interested in that. <laughs> including, you know, the experimentation with my food, including <laughs> experiment, experimentation in yeah. the gym. So look, we will, you know, we um, commit to being your guinea pigs. We also commit to being um, your workhorse, right? Yeah. We uh, there's so much information out there. It is very expansive. There's a proliferation of good content and bad content, many mm-hmm. times contradictory content. How do you weave yourself through that, yeah. get the right information, get it condensed, get it synthesized, uh, and not have to do the hours of, you know, whether it be vocational mm-hmm. or, or, or work-related kind yeah. of research that you and I are doing, right? Mm-hmm. We are always consuming either as part of the job or, or just through our natural inquisition, yeah. And um, I think we could synthesize that and just get the real facts out to, to well, our people.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think there's a, a plethora of, of information out there, and it's going to be our job to cut through all the BS and and find out what what's actually true, what's not, what works, what doesn't. So, um, so why? You... So why don't we why don't we be a little
0: bit more specific,
1: right? You know, mm-hmm. as we as we think about closing
0: on this now. Um, so why? Why don't we have a chat about what the guys can expect to see from us in the next few months? Yeah. So, you know, we've got a website put up. Obviously, it's, it's by by no means complete. Uh, we should be getting it done pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, it's already starting to receive our content, which is great. Um, but we're going to be doing a few things. Um, let, let me pick on one, and then you can pick on others, right? Yeah. The first is we're, we're going to be opening up a series of micro-blogs So by microblogs, really, it's it's um, an on-topic blog that stays focused on that one topic and doesn't end up becoming a mashup of the various literature and uh, writings and uh, ramblings of that author. But instead, stays on point. Yeah. And you don't often see that in this space. Is that they it just becomes this blur of content you flicking through, and there's no rhyme or reason as to the flow, ordering, or the sequencing. So we're thinking of things such as um, what do we actually eat? Putting our food out there. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we take some good photos, but yeah. these are the foods we eat that are nutritious, they're luck, lo- they're really tasty. Here's the macronutrient profile, here's the calories, here's why you should eat it. Um, here are the benefits, that kind of thing, you know, foods that might be superfoods. I think that'll be really interesting yeah. because whilst there's loads of cookbooks and there's loads of beautiful pictures on Instagram, no one ever gives you the calories. No one says, this is a beautiful, healthy food. And by the way, it will blow your calorie allowance in one go. Yeah. Because I put, you know, 50 grams of butter in. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think there's an opportunity to do that. I think mm-hmm. there's an opportunity to put our bodies out there, not mm-hmm. in a narcissistic way, but say, look, you know, we're not the finished article. How about, how about you guys follow our journey towards the body composition goal that we have? And we'll be honest about Our program goals, maybe there's there's a a piece that we do around our individual programs that we're undulating
1: through and how we're progressing there. Differences in body type, personality. You're you're a
0: personal trainer, right? So you can put some pieces out in regards to what you see across your clients.
1: I'll put out my sort of experience, Um, things like anecdotal experiences that I've had with clients, failures, successes. Um, At the end of the day, the quickest way to learn about these things is through other people's failures and successes so that's kind of my take on it that's where I want to sort of bring you and you know get you inside of my head and my thoughts as well and and my judgments that I've I've made over the past sort of five years of being a trainer and I say five years I'm I'm really 12 years because that's how long I've sort of been training um I've probably only taken my training seriously for about five years and that's where you're going to get the real sort of quintessential of of information that that you're going to need in order to get good results and be able to apply it to yourselves. Um, So we're going to be looking also at the long form content, which will be delving into deeper, um, more informative, long blogs. And these are for the people that are going to be, I think the people that are just interested in sort of further readings, um, giving our views as well on on certain subjects um, such as why women should um, train for strength and and what the benefits are and how to do that as well. Mm -hmm. So we try try and package it so we put all the information in there. Like you say, it's all about the order we put it in, how we structure it. So it makes it easy to read, but it's also engaging and easy for you to sort of take away certain points and apply that to your lifestyle. You know, there's there's a lot of contradiction around nutrition, so we'll delve deep into that. I think things like undulating calories to build muscle and burn fat. If you're interested in that sort of stuff, we'll we'll do the long content and 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 obviously make sure we put all the information in there. all the delve research the it, science the, the science yep. behind it and just give you sort of a deeper understanding to certain subjects. Uh, obviously, you choose to do so. Yeah, I think I think it's great. I think the combination of the
0: articles that really you know go deep, plus the micro-blogs that stay on point, that give uh, give the listeners or give, give the readers an opportunity to follow our journey, um, and also we can microblog on you know wellness tips of the day, and um, may you know there's there's a few other things like book books and um, content recommendations Reviews we're, and, we're, we are yeah. by no means the experts and there's some great people out there pointing out some great content and some great yeah. books. Hey we should be we should be sharing what we've learned it's, exactly It's better to go to the horse's mouth right
1: yeah exactly in some ways we're kind of being a bit of a in some ways we're a bit of a hub aren't we of information I just I, I, like uh, direct yeah. you guys in the, the right direction um, and obviously let you know what we feel is valuable information. So we'll do that and um you know part of getting
0: our message out there is gonna be through social media platforms. So that would be broadcasting the stuff that we're talking about, but also offering and encouraging engagement. We want to be speaking to people, we want we want to be understanding what you're struggling with, mm-hmm. wanna be having honest conversations and, yeah. and we're hoping via the likes of Instagram uh, and through maybe yeah, some of the YouTube stuff that we do, that um, we can do that. Yeah, definitely. And then I think this podcast alone—I know this one's gone gone a little long, but it was worth um, kind of you know stripping back the layers and getting getting our true selves
1: expressed a little bit. And we obviously had a bit of learning to do about each other. And, I agree, so man. I agree.
0: It's great. I'm going to know so much about you after a year of doing this. It's going to be incredible. Um. And then I think these podcasts. I think we'll do them. I think we'd like. I'd like to do a couple a week. But for now, I think it might be once a week, once a fortnight, until we can hit our our groove. Yeah. And you know, we we'll fully yeah. really dedicate dedicate mm-hmm. all our time to this. Um, but you can expect us to hear all the things we've just spoken about. You know, we'll have we'll have banter. You'll hear us, some, you know, kind of exposing our lives and our day to day trials and tribulations. But also get us to talk, you know do Q and A's. We're going to get some people on. We're going to interview some leaders in this space. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be double clicking into the content we put out. We'll um, we'll also be making sure that you get the full extent of our experience as we're guinea pigging various things have, um, that have
1: come our way. Exactly, and we're kind of devoting ourselves to this. And like we say, we we want to be transparent and and show you. Our sort of vulnerabilities and everything. So we we've promised to to bring you our vulnerabilities and transparency throughout. Totally. And then
0: let's not forget that you know there's there's coaching advice that we can offer and is already kind of you know it's already a service offering that you offer yeah. to people um, and we can continue to do that if exactly. there's some more deep dive, um, bespoke discussion needs to be had with an yeah. individual. So look, that's I think we should call it a wrap, right? It's yeah. getting late so I think we we covered a lot Um, if you want to hear more then you're just going to need to subscribe to this uh, podcast which you'll be able to do within uh, the podcast app you can also find us very shortly um, getting active across the platform so you can find us at Instagram on uh, AdaptNation or at Steve or at Bryn underscore Jenkins you'll find us on Facebook, YouTube and Twitter uh, again with the handle of AdaptNation and the website will be the best place to go to see all our content in one place. Yeah. So, until we ne- next time we speak, have a great week, enjoy yourselves,
1: and uh, we will speak to you soon. Take care. Ciao. Yeah.